the first Sunday in Lent in the year of our Lord, 2024. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Once again, the reading was from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God tempts no one. At least, according to Martin Luther, who in his small catechism begins his explanation to the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, with those four words. But do you believe this? Well, I hope so, since James tells us God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. And I also hope you believe this, since in your confirmation vows, you promised that you believe what is taught in the small catechism, including that God tempts no one. But what about Abraham? Wasn't he tempted by God to sacrifice his son Isaac on Mount Moriah? Well, it may seem like quibbling over words, but Abraham was not tempted by God. He was tested by God. <clears throat> Utilizing Martin Luther once again, tempting means to deceive or mislead into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Testing, on the other hand, means to give experience to, to exercise, to train, or to prove someone or something. So Abraham was not tempted by God because he was not deceived or misled into false belief by God. Rather, Abraham had received two truths from God, specifically about his son Isaac. The first was that Isaac was the promised son by whom God would bless Abraham and make him into a great nation. The second was that Abraham was to take his son Isaac to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. It just so happened these two truths were contradictory. There was a paradox. But God seems to love paradoxes. Jesus Christ is both true God and true man. The Lord's Supper is body and blood, in, with, and under, bread and wine. We all are simultaneously sinners and saints. And thus, Abraham trusted 
that Isaac was still the promised child. And so even if he was sacrificed, God would still bless Abraham through Isaac. Maybe by raising Isaac from the dead. Maybe, as Abraham kept reassuring Isaac on the journey to Mount Moriah, by providing a substitute. And in the end, Abraham's trust and faith in God were proved true. For a ram was provided as a substitute, and it was announced by the angel of the Lord, For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So instead, Abraham was tested by God to exercise and train his faith and to prove that he truly feared God and did not simply believe in God because of all God's promises to him. (laughs) Well, okay, if Abraham wasn't tempted by God, what about Jesus Christ? He's baptized in the Jordan River, has the Holy Spirit descend upon him and even into him, and is proclaimed to be God's beloved Son, with whom God is well pleased. But then, immediately, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he's in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan, though probably not being tempted for all 40 of those days. But since it was the Holy Spirit who drove Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted, couldn't we say God played a part in tempting Jesus? Again, this is a bit of a quibble. But God didn't tempt Jesus. Satan tempted Jesus. And the only part that God played in the temptation of Jesus was permitting Satan to tempt him. Indeed, God tempts no one. But God also permits temptation for the same reason that he tests people, to exercise, train, prove, and strengthen them in faith. But Jesus didn't need to be trained or proven. Jesus didn't need to be strengthened in faith. He is God incarnate. So why then did God permit his son to be tempted? Of course, he was tempted for us. You and I. In order to be like us in every way, he had to be tempted just as we are tempted. In order to be with us and to strengthen us during our times of temptation, he had to be tempted like us. In order to show us how to overcome temptation, he had to be attacked by the devil and the world and overcome them using prayer and the word of God. In order to save us from the devil and the world, he had to be tempted but not give in to temptation, so that he would truly be the perfect, spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he had to be tempted at the beginning of his ministry 
in order to foreshadow the end of his ministry. When, while faced with death, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, while being tried, mocked, and beaten for our salvation, while dying on the cross for the life of the world, he was tempted to end his sufferings, save himself, and leave us dead in our sins. But because Jesus overcame all temptations and was raised victorious from the dead, he saved you from sin, death, and the devil. In case you had any doubts about the fact that God tempts no one, hopefully the examples above of Abraham and Jesus put away those doubts. But since Jesus overcomes temptation and saves us from the devil, perhaps this raises a new question. Why, in the post-Easter church, are we still tempted by the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature? Why must we pray and lead us not into temptation? Because as Peter describes in his first epistle, the devil is like a lion, still prowling around looking for someone to devour. In fact, just as Jesus was immediately cast into the wilderness and tempted after his baptism, so also your baptism puts a target on you which lures Satan to come and tempt you. You see, he already has non-believers in his grasp. It is baptized believers that he must tempt to try to draw them away from Christ. To Satan, that mark of the cross upon your forehead and upon your heart, which you received at your baptism, is a target to tempt your heart and mind away from God. We must also still pray and lead us not into temptation, because just as with Jesus, God the Father still permits us to be tempted. Now, sometimes the temptations we face are simply because Satan targets us as his enemies. Other times, our temptations may be caused by the world around us, or they may be the result of some sin we have committed. For example, if we get away with stealing something small, that sin could lead to the temptation of stealing again, or stealing something bigger. During Lent, as we particularly focus on our sins and repent of them, this also includes turning away from the temptations our sins may be causing us. Yet, still other times, God permits us to be tempted so that he can test us like he tested Abraham. God does not tempt us himself, but permits us to be tempted, to exercise, train, and strengthen our faith, and to prove our fear and love for him. <clears throat> and so even in the midst of our temptations, we should trust that God is in control. God permits these temptations, and God will work out these temptations for good. And in the midst of our temptations, God himself helps us through them. In the incarnation, he gives us his son, who endured the same temptations as us, 
and thus who can guide us and even carry us through our temptations. In baptism, he gives us armor, a belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, sandals of readiness from the gospel of peace, a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and even a weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, all of which help us fight and overcome temptation. In the Lord's Supper, he gives us reprieve, that is, rest from the barrage of temptation after temptation. And he gives us strength, strength of body, soul, and faith to return to the battle against temptation and sin. In the cross of Christ, he gives us forgiveness of sins, so that when we do give in to temptation and sin, there is atonement and forgiveness of them. And in the resurrection of Jesus, he gives us a release from temptation in the new heavens and new earth, where there will no longer be temptations, but only worship and service to God forever. God tempts no one. But as you turn away from those things that lead you into temptation and sin this Lenten season, may you be encouraged by these words from James. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having heard the word of God, let us confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church, that following our Savior we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. God's richest blessings to you on the week ahead.